Amen. Well, may I tell you before I get started that Jesus loves every one of you? I hope that that does not ever become cliche. I hope it never becomes something that we just sort of take for granted. But the awesome, the unbelievable love of Jesus is something that's fresh and real and alive in this place today. Glad that you're here. Uh, someone asked me a day or two ago after they found out the boss was out of town. Said, are you going to give us one of those 20-minute messages? I said, hey, I have found out something. And I may have to have a little meeting with our pastor. Uh, if you wait until after 12 to leave here, the hot water cornbread at Strong's Buffet is cold, okay? So uh, any of y'all that want some greens and some yams and some fried chicken and pork chop and hot water cornbread, you're in good luck today. <laughs> I used to be able to say more than what I do in less time. I used to could talk faster, but the longer I live down here in the south, uh, the slower my my talk becomes. But again, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Uh, it's a joy every Sunday morning. It's not a task. It's not a task. It's not something that we grudgingly do, but it's something that we joyfully do to come together and worship the Lord. And what a wonderful, wonderful place this is. And you don't have to look very far. God is blessing and God is enlarging and God is breathing blessings and favor upon this church and I thank God for that today for the next 18 and a half minutes first Kings chapter number 18 verse number 36 and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said Lord God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob, let it be known that this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, and the stones, even the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. As on many other occasions, Israel finds themselves at a place of decision. Today they will have to choose to serve either Baal they will have to continue in their idolatry or they will choose to serve Jehovah. It's sort of come down to this. It comes down to the fact that they have been challenged, the prophets and the uh, prophets of Baal. Because of the leadership in Israel, they have chosen to listen to these false prophets and these, these priests that lead worship in the shrines and in the worship places of Baal. So Jehovah, his name was Elijah. 
There, there went a good 30 seconds <laughs> that I'll never get back, and you won't. Elijah has had his belly full of idolatry and the people of Israel serving strange gods. And so now the challenge has gone forth. Today we will meet at Carmel and we will decide by the, by the, by the presence of God and the demonstration of fire whom we will serve. And so they have gathered 450 preachers of Baal and Elijah stands alone. The contract was drawn up. The day's activity were written down. And it was to be this. They would, they would kill a bullock and they would build a, a pile of uh, wood and they would place the sacrifice on the wood and then they would pray to their God to answer by consuming the sacrifice with fire. And so the Bible story goes like this, that all day long the prophets of Baal screamed and they began to cut themselves and they, and they prayed and pleaded with the God of Baal to answer with fire. All the day long it went on and on and on. After a while Elijah began to mock them and uh, he said, cry a little bit louder, maybe he's busy, maybe he's gone somewhere. And, uh, and so after a little while, they finally decided their time was up. And the Bible says, as we saw it a few moments ago, it came time for the evening sacrifice. And Elijah steps out into the arena with thousands of the Israelis all around him. They did just as the prophets of Baal had done before him. They piled, the, they piled the stones and they piled the, the wood. And, and Elijah said, let's go a little bit further. And they had gallons and gallons of gallons of water poured onto the wood to stifle any kind of fire that might would be ignited. They did several, several things to, to make it almost impossible for this fire to ignite. And after all that was done, and then the and then the bullock was laid upon the the altar upon to make the sacrifice. And these are the words. You don't have to you don't have to be you don't have to be long-winded in your prayer. God understands every word, and He understands those unspoken words. And He stepped where everybody could see Him. And where everybody could hear him. And he just simply said, I am thine. And thou art mine. And he asked the Lord to consume the sacrifice. And the heavens opened up and fire came down and consumed the wood. And the sacrifice was accepted. Out of the congregation of thousands of people. Suddenly we hear cheering and we hear worship. And the people of Israel begin to chant and to pray, The Lord, He is God. 
Now, if you forget everything that I say today, I would ask that you remember this one thing. God is ready to demonstrate His power in your life today, if you will but call on Him. There's somebody here today, if not a number of people, that have come in need of the fire of God to appear in your life. There's a little Frenchman that lived here in Franklin Parish for a little while, and he was my friend. His name was Frenchy Perry, and he was just, he was a ball of fire for Jesus. Everywhere he went, he went testifying, he went worshiping, and then he preached this message I heard one time. He said this, God will show up and show out. And that's what happened at Mount Carmel. See, fire has always been a symbol that speaks of the presence and the power of God at different times throughout Scripture. In the Old Testament, as we see Israel begin their transition from Egypt to the Promised Land, in the very beginning of Genesis, we see where the guiding elements of Israel, there will be a cloud in the daytime that they will follow. And at nighttime, there will be a pillow of fire that will show light and show guidance. Fire fell on Sodom and Gomorrah for the sins of the city. Jeremiah, whenever he was preaching one day, he said, It's like fire shut up in my bones. Over and over and over in Scripture, we see where God uses fire to demonstrate power. In the New Testament, John said this, John the Baptist, John the Baptizer, I baptize you with water, but there is one coming after me whose shoes I am unworthy to unlatch. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. At the inaugural service of the church in its infancy, when they gathered for the very first time in Jerusalem in the upper room, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. So may I say to you before we go any further, the church was born in the fire. We must continue to fan the flame. We must keep the fire burning. There are many things that fire does, but three things. It cleanses, it refines, and it purifies. My prayer today on the way to church is, Oh God, may the fire of heaven, may the fire of God fall in this house today and change lives. Cleanse us. Sanctify us. Pour into us today the fire of God that purges us from all ungodliness. It is a life-changing moment when we have an encounter with the fire of God. It consumes us and everything changes in our life with the baptism of God's fire. You know what happens? 
We walk different. We talk different. We live different. John Wesley, the father and founder of the Methodist Church, he prayed this prayer, God set me afire that men may watch me burn for you. Could that be all of our prayer today? We will not only see our own life changed whenever the fire of heaven touches us, but that of our community. And we will see our world changed for the better because we have been set on fire for God. The fire of God will move us from the church house to the street corner. It will let the fire from heaven fall on us. I remember we sang songs way back then. And one of them was that, may the fire of heaven fall on us. I'm not going to ask for the show of hands of you that remember that because probably nobody here has ever sung that song but me. Oh, there's somebody. Karen, thank you. There's another one. Could we see three hands? There's a, thank you, Mitzi. Somebody find me a song book. Please rip it off the... Let the fire of heaven fall on us. A demonstration of God's fire sets in motion the mighty work of God. You've seen it. You have felt it. You've experienced it. The fire from heaven is ready today to fall on someone who is hungry for a blessed moment with Jesus Christ. The fire will consume you. The fire will change you. The fire of God will heal you. The fire of God will save you. And you're never the same after one moment of the fire of heaven, the fire of God, as it falls on you. The supernatural is going to change everything in your life. And so today I would ask you to follow the example of Elijah. Step out of the shadows. Make your way to the middle of the arena. And you call down the fire of God upon you and your family and your children and upon this church and upon this community. Pray about, dream about, read about the fire of heaven, the fire of God. And it will supersede anything that you've ever read about, dreamed about, or prayed about. This morning I did something early couple three hours ago I literally wrote down a prayer I wrote down a prayer that I want you to join with me in praying you don't have to say it out loud but will you join me in faith today that the fire of heaven would fall and the fire of heaven would work we can call upon the name of the Lord we can call fire down from heaven even this morning and we can see Cancer cells destroyed. We can see blood disorder eradicated by the blood, by the fire of God. We can see the arteries of those that have found them blocked. We can see the fire of God clear and cleanse. I don't know if there's anybody here that deals with sugar diabetes. And I'm not, a, I'm not a television preacher today just taking a stab. But I'm telling you today that God's able to eliminate all the ills and all the diseases that we come under in this world that we're living.
There's one special prayer that I will pray today and that God would lift the fog that has invaded the mind of our children that deal with autism. I speak the fire of God to come and cleanse and set free our children that suffer. Set them free in Jesus' name. Set them free in Jesus' name. Let the fire of God set them free. Let the fire of God demolish depression. Depression that takes everything away that God has done in our life. Take away the depression that robs us and takes us away from the nearness and the peace of God. And number seven, pray the fire of heaven to fall to destroy sin that has consumed, that has broken and devastated lives all around us. Burn. Fire of God, burn in Jesus' name. So this morning we find ourselves marching toward Mount Carmel. If you allow me to use something from one of the Western books, it's, it's a shootout at the OK Corral. It's righteousness against ungodliness. It's spiritual versus carnality. Today, Someone in this room will draw the line and say, I've gone as far as I'm going to go. I'm going to believe God to fight my battles for me. I'm believing God to work the miraculous. Today I draw the line and God is going to do the miraculous in somebody's life this morning. I just believe that. I just believe that. And if there's that one person in this room that's willing to step out from our comfort zone and we all know where we know our limits. We know our limits. We know just how far we're willing to go in a public setting. But if we'll step out of the bleachers and come to the center of the arena and declare the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we will see God move in such a way that we could have never, never dreamed. If you're ready to put it all on the line, if you're ready to stretch your faith, if you're if you're ready to go further than you've ever gone before in this relationship and understanding God, I would just simply say to you today, get ready for your miracle. After the prophets of Baal had tried all day long to get the fire to fall, they had failed. And they had failed miserably. Not one, not one match had been lit in heaven. Not one sign of Baal answering their prayer. And verse number 36, if you noticed, it said this. After all day at church, after all day at the top of Mount Carmel, 400 in preachers pounding, pounding heaven for Baal to answer by fire. Nothing had happened. And it says there in verse number 36, it was time for the evening sacrifice. The day was far spent. If you look toward the west, the shadows of nighttime are beginning to gather. There's not much day left now. Israel has seen nothing that day from Baal's priest but failure and brokenness. All of those that had followed the teachings and the preachings of those prophets 
found themselves found themselves with no faith and no belief. Faith was gone. Faith was gone. And so now it's evening time, Elijah. Maybe I could call your name right here. Maybe I could say it's evening time and just put your name in that slot. Today, as the day is ending, as we see another close of a day, what we can see happen, what must happen now, time is of an essence. You don't have much time today. I'd just like to say this, the charlatans and the shysters have had their day. They've had their freedom at the top of Mount Carmel. They have, they have run their schemes to no avail. The imposters have now run out of time. They have fleeced God's people for the last time. The fraud is about to be uncovered. It's evening time. It's the closing of a dispensation. We can tell the imposter to sit down because their time is up. But when we do that, we have to understand that it's time for the church to stand up and call the fire down from heaven. And we need to speak to tormenting spirits that have invaded the lives of God's precious people. And we can speak to those dark spirits and we can tell them to go back from where they came. Because God's church, God's church, God's church is coming front and center. And the fire is about to fall. If we could just begin to pray and believe and work toward that last demonstration when the heavens open up and God pours out fire upon the earth to consume, to consume and demonstrate his power. For those of you that's in this room, maybe you've received the doctor's call. You found out just recently that the doctors have done all they know to do. Maybe you come to understand today that the experts have now exhausted their expertise. The lawyers have reached their resources in. And now we come to a final understanding that it's God's turn now. As Elijah quit mocking and making fun of the false prophets of Baal, finally they had to sit down and he had to stand up. We are about to see who the true living God is. And all of Israel's future rests in the faith that was in the heart of Elijah and the power of God that he would demonstrate with fire at the top of Mount Carmel. Will it be Baal or will it be Jehovah? When the fire consumed the sacrifice, whenever the heavens were opened and God demonstrated who he really was, that all power in heaven and in earth resides in him. The people recognized, this is whom we will serve. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Jehovah is his name. How many of y'all have, have had the experience of the fire of God in your heart? If, you've, if you have any experience with him, if you are saved today, if you understand what, what he did at the very initial, in that very first beginning of your relationship, 
He breathed into us the fire of heaven. Speaking of evening time, I understand, I've seen, I've been here for a few days now, and I've seen where God does his greatest work at evening time. When all hope, when all faith has disappeared. When we have tried everything and everything has failed, then God steps in and God steps up and God does the miraculous. I guess it finally comes a time for Elijah to either put up or shut up. Have we ever heard that phrase before? Okay, you've been doing all the talking. You're, you're saying your God can do this and your God can do that. Well, what about, what about now? Now it's your turn. And I think it's in those moments of destiny that God begins to do things through you and you and you to change the world. When we've tried everything and it just seems to come up short. Just when we thought maybe God didn't know. Just when we thought that maybe God just didn't care. When we didn't know if he could. And when we didn't know if he would. Here comes deliverance. Here comes salvation. Here comes the miraculous. And here comes the fire. I am yours. And you are mine. Maybe it's time for somebody... Maybe you would not make it a public public display. Maybe you're a private person and that's to be valued. But somewhere, somewhere, somewhere you need to get along with God and reaffirm who He is in your life and let Him reaffirm to you what you are in Him. I wonder if there's an Elijah here today that's willing to just say, well, uh, I think I'll declare the greatness of God. I think that I'll stand up and just stretch my hands toward the heavens and call down the fire and show the power of God in the fire. Get ready to see your wayward child come home after a demonstration of fire. Watch for the unspoken prayer request that you have prayed in the private closet of your home to be answered publicly. So that the glory of God might be shown. At evening time, look out because courage and boldness may show up in your life. And you will, in a public forum, in a public way, tell your story of redemption. I once was lost, but now I'm saved. I once was blind, but now I see. Be prepared to experience the peace of God. Hear me, somebody here this morning that has struggled, that has struggled with the absence of peace in your life. Be ready, get ready to experience the peace of God like you have never known before in your life. Peace for every person that's sitting in this room today. May the fire of God swoop down into your spirit and destroy the fear. May it destroy the unbelief May it destroy everything that stands between you experiencing the liberty that comes through Jesus Christ. You glad for the fire of God today? He's a wonderful Savior. He's a wonderful Savior. Been preaching for a while now. 
not necessarily this morning, probably long enough, and I'll, and I'll close. Uh, but I thought about, just before I came to church, uh, a miracle of fire that happened in our life many years ago. I would have been 12 years old. The year was 1966. My mother was having terrible, terrible headaches. She went to our local doctor. And he sent her to a neurologist at Oshner's Hospital. Oshner's Hospital was the hospital in 1966. If you went there, you, you, were, you, were, you were trouble looking for help. After a battery of tests, and, and I've shared this maybe a few years ago, but, uh, but I was reminded, I was reminded today how that the fire of God can bring healing, bring wholeness. Their conclusion after many tests that she had a terminal tumor, a terminal disease that they were not going to be able to help her. And so they said, go back home to Winfield and enjoy your family and then come back and uh, we'll see what we can do. But we have no, no hope to offer. So she came home and we had some wonderful, wonderful days together. Uh, it was home. It was family. There was four of us still at home. And uh, so just before she was to go back to New Orleans, she became very, very ill again, was put in the hospital. And on the night before she returned to New Orleans, we gathered for a special prayer. Others were there to pray. And, uh, and so we left somewhere before the visiting hours concluded. A lot of sadness, a lot of, a lot of tears from the children. I did remember my mother stopping those preachers that were laying their hands on her head to say, you don't have to pray for me to have a long life, but you can pray for me to live long enough to raise my children. Every mother here today can relate to that. And so she returned, or she was, that night before she returned to Oshner's with all of us at home, she said she was awakened in the middle of the night with a presence that was there. I've got old enough now, I don't have to tell you any stories, okay? I don't have to fabricate truth. I don't have to try to make up something to build your faith. I'm telling you what happened. And I stand in this sacred place to tell you what did happen. She would relay the story later. She said the presence, she said it had to be an angel. And she said, she said with my, with my head throbbing and there was no relief, there was no there was nothing to ease the pain. The tumor evidently was getting bigger. And suddenly she felt a cool hand upon her forehead. It startled her and awakened her. And then she said, there was a fire that went through me. Something that I had never experienced before. I have spoken, I've had conversations with people that said they understand the fire of God. A warm sensation. Something that's out of the ordinary. And she said when that fire went through her suddenly, that quick, the headache was gone. That quick, the fear was gone. That quick, assurance 
and faith took over. She was waiting on them the next morning to put her in an ambulance, but she said, no, no, no. Clarence will take me to New Orleans, and he loaded her up, and off to New Orleans they went. They would go. We would all load up the next day and go, thinking that there was going to be a surgery, but before the surgery they had one other set of x-rays to to make. The doctor came out astounded. He had two sets of x-rays. And he says, this was the before and this is the after. You know, this was, this, was, this was how the house looked before the radical makeover. Over here was that, was so evident, the tumor. And here's this one that was made that morning. And he says, you are cancer free. That was, that was a half a century ago. God answers prayer. He answers prayer through fire many times. Speed ahead now. Almost 1980, it's 1978. Shirley and I are out in Idaho, in Oregon, Washington State. We're preaching. We're supposed to be out there about seven or eight months. We done got that type of, that number of meetings lined up, and we're just having a heyday. Kevin is three years old, and Daddy called me and says, Your mother is ill. Let me go back three days before I called home. And Mama said, well, your baby brother got married yesterday. And these were her words, mission accomplished. I didn't put it together. I didn't, I didn't have all my thinking process right there. But it would be months and maybe even years later that it dawned on me. The prayer, the request that she made on her dying bed that I might live long enough to raise my children. And all these years later, George grew up, got married, was having babies. All the rest of us were gone, and then she says on a Friday night, well, got all of y'all raised. To God be the glory. And four days later, angels lifted her off of a hospital bed and took her to glory. But I can stand here this morning and tell you with all assurance and with all truthfulness that God is a faithful God. And He answers with fire. Faithful and good. God wants to reveal not only His power to every person in this room this morning, but He also would love to show you how much he loves you. He would like for every one of us in this room this morning to experience the burning love, the fire of his love. Don't leave here questioning. Please don't leave this room today doubting the love that Jesus Christ has for you. That's his will. That's his word. May the fire of God consume us all. In 1 Kings 18, Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice. Went so much further to burn up the wood and the soil and also licked up the water in the trenches. Everything changed that day for Israel as it did for you one day 
at an altar of prayer or at a closet just you and him, everything changed that day. And they fell prostrate upon the ground and cried with a loud voice, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. May the fire of heaven consume each and every one of us today. Lord God of heaven, we bow at your feet this morning. First, to say thank you. Thank you for meeting us at the point of our greatest need when we recognized that we were sinners in need of a Savior. You came. And you brought fire in your hand and you baptized us with fire. Purifying, sanctifying, preparing us. And this morning as we as we reverently sit here and with bowed heads and closed eyes, there is a prayer in all of our hearts. And that prayer is, O oh Lord, set us afire that men may come and see us burn for you. There is a prayer in our heart today. Say, Lord, send the fire that would consume and, 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 and make Make remedy of cancer and diabetes and the, the diseases that afflict the people of God. We call upon the fire today to fall and destroy the, the grip of sin. Set us free from those chains. We pray today for the fire that would come and cleanse us of all iniquity and from all ungodliness. We need you, and we need your fire today. As each of us turn the searchlight of heaven upon our, our own heart today, not looking for anyone else's remedy, but for our own, we ask, O oh Lord, to send the fire. Bring the fire down from heaven. Let it cleanse us and make us whole. May every house, May every house have a, a visitation of the fire of God to cleanse our homes. Take those things out of our home that, that would destroy and would, would maim us and would eventually kill us. Send the fire, O oh Lord. Send the fire. We pray today at the closing of this service that if there's that one person if there's that one person that needs a sanctification, that needs, that needs a demonstration of your fire and your power and your love, oh God, may they open their heart this morning to that. And we thank you for the fire. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand together today?
somebody's heart, you have opened your heart toward heaven and there has been a beam of God's fire. And I pray that it consumes us for the remaining days of our life in this earth. Amen. Well, I'm glad we got to have church together. And there are some special needs here. We're going to pray for them. And if there is a need in your life, I'm going to invite you to join us at the front of this church as we're dismissed. But God bless you. Let's go giving thanks. Let's go rejoicing. Let's go celebrating the greatness and the goodness of our God. And I pray that in Jesus' name and everyone with me in dismissing say amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.